This is the MDRT Podcast. From pilot to student at a demanding school to father of four, advisors have played many roles beyond their current profession. What lessons have they gleaned from those experiences that apply to their work now? During a recent conversation at MDRT headquarters, Russ Clausing, Downers Grove, Illinois. Yakov Bayless, Chicago, Illinois. Ed Burnett, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Discussed what they have learned and the unexpected ways that has applied in their practice. I used to be a professional pilot. I worked for a company in Chicago, and they had three business jets. They're all about $30 million each. Cost eight dollars to $10,000 an hour to fly, which sounds like a huge cost center until you put four people in the back and they all have two commas in their paycheck. When we save them three or four hours collectively in that day, we've more than paid for the $10,000 an hour it costs to move that airplane around the skies. So what have we delivered them instead is we've delivered them much more quality time as opposed to their alternatives, which is flying on the airlines, right? So in that business, the expectation was that we don't kill anybody and we don't scare anybody, preferably in that order. But the real expectation is, is that we're managing their expectations. Even though it's not my job, I need to make sure that the catering is correct. Even though it's not my job, I need to call ahead to make sure that their limo or their taxi is going to be at the airport when we drive up. Even though it's not my job, I need to make sure that the airplane looks preventable and you don't have to make coffee on the airplane. So managing expectations was such a huge part of what we did and flying executives around. At the end of the day, we were glorified taxi driver. We drove around very expensive machines, but we helped to manage their expectations, which is really no different than what we do in this business as well. There's a lot of people that can do it yourself that really don't feel that they need what we do when it comes to retirement income planning or managing assets or proper life insurance and those kinds of things. And years ago when I was flying, we were talking about this very topic, and a buddy of mine, Paul, he and I were flying together that day, and he was saying that he very much manages his own accounts. And his wife trusts that he takes care of it and doesn't really want to be involved. And I said, well, you probably discuss these details with her every so often, right? He says, no, she trusts that I'm taking care of it. And I said, Paul, what happens if we crash the jet today? Is that a good time for her to interview a guy like me? It's not. The best time to interview folks like us is when they're not needing what we do. So managing expectations in the back of the jet was a big part of what we did. Same thing with what we're doing right here. We need to manage expectations. We need to let our clients know what to anticipate during whatever process that we're engaged in with them and to help them to know that these are the possible outcomes. And sometimes some clients, less is more. I can remember I worked for Granger, big company down here in Chicago, and we used to fly Mr. and Mrs. Granger around, and I learned early on in my job, don't ever talk about the weather in front of Mrs. Granger because she was a nervous flyer. And the way I learned that is by walking the back of the jet and beginning to talk to them about the weather, and Mr. Granger got up from his seat and just kind of walked <laughs> me back to the cockpit <laughs> and said, now, Ed, don't talk about the weather because if you do then I have to answer questions for the rest of the flight <laughs> so it was one of those circumstances and I learned early on again managing expectations I think is quite simply the job that's really what we do I went to a Jewish day school as a kid when I went to high school my parents gave me a choice of where to go and I elected to go to Skokie Yeshiva where 
we had a long day. The day started at 7.30 in the morning, went till 8.15 at night. Why I bring that, I believe that ethic that I learned there of being at school over 12 hours a day and still having work to do, I think that really prepared me for this business and to get off the ground get it started because when you're first starting you really need to put a lot of effort in and where do you learn that ethic of having all that commitment to it that you'll put everything in your whole heart into it and I would say that really did it for me it taught me a way of life we started 7:30 with prayers then we'd have breakfast then we'd have biblical studies all morning, then we'd have lunch, then we'd learn Hebrew, and then by 3 o'clock we started our English studies. And that went until 6.30, then three days a week we would have dinner, and then another hour of study, and then on Thursday we'd even hear a speech, and then even my later years, on Thursday nights I would elect to stay later, even dorm there. I learned that work ethic that really supported me in the business and got me started. I know the failure rate in this business is probably somewhere in the 90% rate, unfortunately. And you need something to get you there. And I also know that when I started in the business, nobody believed that I could actually succeed. And here I am an MDRT member. So I would uh, say that was big uh, support for me. Big difference between high school and college. In college I took a couple courses and a couple days a week I was done. It wasn't even noon yet. When you entered your current role, how much did you motivate yourself by reflecting on the intensity of those early days in school? Well, they always tell you it's not a nine to five job. It's more like a five to nine job really. It's like you get up in the morning, you get yourself to, you go to the office, you meet with your team, then you start calling people, you have to meet with people, with your clients, then you have to put a plan together for them, and goals for them, and then you gotta have, find the time to make more calls to get more appointments for the next week. You can't just be at zero there and worked all now. Where do you have the energy to put that time in at six o'clock in the evening after a full day of work to still make more calls? Today, in the more being in investments, where do you have the time to put your research in? How do you put it all together? And that really taught me, I would say, that work ethic that, that got me there. And I think that's a big boost for learning and being able to be successful. Gives you a launching pad for it. I had a mentor that said you need to block some time out and you need to just take care of yourself. That was big. And in talking with my wife, we did that. We've fallen away from that because it worked, right? Over the years, and as our family, I have four kids that are now slowly working their way out of college and into uh, adulthood. Managing four kids definitely seems like it could teach some lessons about managing people in your business. Marry well. (laughs) That would be rule number one. I'm blessed with a phenomenal wife and partner. And our kids were born in a very tight range. So we had four kids under the age of five or six at home. So it was just pure chaos there for a while. And you just kind of get used to putting out fires all the time. So a normal day is like a uh, three or four fires, and that was it's no big deal. Yeah, you, you learn to prioritize, and that process forces you to kind of figure out, all right, is that important, or is that a problem? Is it imperative? Is it something that needs to be addressed now, or can somebody else deal with it, or 
Is there another way to manage it? And do I need to move on? And it forces you into a decision-making process that is easily transferable to work as far as how you handle things, how you work with people. And their concerns need to be addressed, but you need to prioritize too and run your business and manage that. So. We've got actually six advisors in the building and we have front office staff and we're all friends. We've all been friends for a long time. It's real easy to chatter about the kids or what we did on the weekends. And I love to do that and we all love to do that. But if I have a particular day where I've got to get certain things done, I know walking in the door that I have to turn off my distractions and all the folks in our building also are not bothered when I close my door. It just means that I don't want to partake at this time. I can't partake in the chatter right now. We need to be able to be focused. And it's something that I think everybody just needs to have a sense of awareness about. So it's not just what are all the things that we have to do, but identifying and be able to unprioritize the things that we don't have to do. It sounds like a pilot who can't just engage in two hours of chatter with the passengers before takeoff. In flying in the aviation world, we have this thing called a sterile cockpit. So during the operation of the airplane, anytime the, the engines are running, between when you turn the engines on at the ramp, all the way through taxi, takeoff, and climb, there can be no discussion in the cockpit that is other than flight-related discussion below 10,000 feet. That's called a sterile cockpit environment. So that's after you take off. Once you get above 10,000 feet and you want to talk about whatever, within the realm of what's safe, you can do that. On the descent into the destination airport, same thing. Once you go below 10,000 feet, it's an industry standard. This is a sterile cockpit. So, And I never thought of it that way until you asked it that way. But it's almost like when I need a sterile cockpit in my office, I close my door, I turn off my phone, I don't minimize my email, I close it so that I can focus on what are the things that I need to do. In school, you don't really have time to talk when you're in class. Same thing, you have to have that focus time where you're doing what you need to do. When I'm focused, people will tell me, Yakov, why didn't you talk to me today? And I'm like, well, I had these issues they had to be taken care of, and, you know, I tune everything else out. I don't, sometimes don't even know. I don't even have a door. But if I'm involved, people know I'm involved, and it's going to be hard to get my attention. I'm, I'm heavily focused. Uh, if I get a call, I just have to ignore it sometimes. I, I, when you're involved in what you're doing, that that's what you do. You know, in school you have tests you have to take, you have to study, you have to prepare, and it's similar. You, you always have to get be involved in it. Well, those are some of the things that, and I'm just thinking these as we're talking. Yeah, it goes back to, I think, to, to managing that expectation. I mean, you don't have to take a phone call. You don't have to. And I think a lot of times people don't expect you to take a phone call. I mean, I've, I've even had clients be uh, surprised that I pick up the phone when they call because they're like, oh, I can get right through to you. And I said, well, when, you know, we tried it for client service. But there are times, yeah, I put the phone right to voicemail, and if people call and they want an appointment the next day, I mean, most of the time I can't do that, you know. And you have to run your business in an efficient manner, and part of running your business is meeting your client's objectives and, and their concerns. So you, you've got that inner conflict of, well, the client wants to meet, I, I need to 
rearrange everything to do that. And, and at some point, you just got to say, you know, that's that's expecting a little much. I can meet you the day after. I can meet you the next week. My secretary will coordinate the meeting with you. Thanks for calling. And get back to what you were doing. So you get done what you need to get done for another client or for another project that you've taken on. That's the end of this month's episode. If you'd like to subscribe, you can find us on SoundCloud and Spotify at MDRT Podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.